On this episode of Quantum Week, October 13th through 19th, 1996. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. We talk about movies and music and headlines and stories, and we are continuing October 1996 with That Thing You Do, and it's the rare opportunity... Where the movie is the song, the song is the movie. That's correct. Yeah, we're doing kind of the double dip here on that thing you do. I think we've only done that once, and that was on actually a YouTube show. Correct. It wasn't even live. It was the the Prince. Um, the Purple Rain. Purple Rain one, yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, we'll do a few different things. We're going to do the Tom Hanks Hall of Fame plaque. Cool. Yep. Um, and then I guess, I, do you, should we still segment it out? Like movie? I don't know. I, I feel like we might flow a little bit. Okay. But... What, well, we'll just go with it and see what happens. Does All that right. work for you? Yeah, sure. So I guess we can start with yeah, the movie. Yeah, let's start with the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so did you watch, because I was looking at Twitter, did you watch the extended <laughs> I, version? I did. That's I tweeted it yesterday. Yes. It's like 40-something minutes longer than the original. And I was like, I feel like I got to. Okay. I, I watched the standard. Um, okay. So that could be. In, so I think this movie's, this movie's fine. This is, this is a perfectly decent movie. Uh, I don't think it's anything special. I, I give this like a solid B. Um, I like this movie probably more than I should. I think it's, it's really fun. Yeah, I just, it is. I, it's just, I just enjoy it. I don't think it's a particularly amazing film. It's not, there's not a lot, a lot of depth to it, but I like watching those characters. The story is unique enough. So yeah. that's kind of fun. I think there is some real, um, lack of acting talent. Oh, that's certainly true too. Like Tom Everett Scott's not a good actor. He is not a good actor. Even Liv Tyler's not good. Although no. she is, she's sweet. She is, but she's not a good actor. She's not a good actress, but she's, but she's sweet. And so I kind of like her because of that. Uh, he's, t- Tom Everett Scott, especially is really, he is, and he's, he's a likable person. So you, that's the thing you kind of like, Oh, I kind of like this guy. But like if, when you're watching him, actually have scenes that actually have need him to act a bit to emote a little bit or to appear. He doesn't have it to appear honest on screen. Yeah. I don't buy any of it. He doesn't have it, but the thing you're right, he's likable. And I like the way they relate, uh, Liv Tyler and, and, um, yeah. And Scott relate. Like he's, they're nice. Like they're nice to each they're other. Nice they're each playful. Other. Yes. They're gentle. He's re- like as a dichotomy for, between him and Jimmy, the dick. Um, he just relates to her in a very kind, jovial way, and I really and I like that. I do too. Yeah, even right. though, you, but he's just you, kind of a goofball. You root for them to get together because because of that element. Because they they are both oddly like I guess likable, but then oddly likeable. not talented. Uh, and then you have Jimmy played by Jonathan Sage. Skate. I don't, uh, know, I, I don't know how to pronounce Skate or something. Yeah. This character is so poorly written, and it's this not. is written and directed by Hanks. So I think I said on the on this show last week. I, I said I said erroneously this was the only film Tom Hanks directed. He is did, that? He directed Larry Crown, which came out a few years ago. I have not seen that. He also wrote that movie as well. That's with Julia Roberts. That is it. The Larry Crown Affair? Is it Larry Crown? No, just Larry Crown. I think you're thinking right. the Thomas Crown Affair. Oh, the Thomas Crown Affair. Sorry. Just Larry Crown. There's no, I don't think there's any affair here. I guess I don't know uh, that one. It came out a few years ago. I, I have not seen it. Yeah. Um, it made more money than this one. Not by a ton, but it made a bit more. Um, but right. this movie is has become kind of a, a cult classic in yeah. a way where it's got, it's easy to throw on like a TBS or a totally TNT. Easy. So, and the you, whole family can watch this shit. And then you can kind of jump in the middle of it. And yeah. you're not, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good cable movie. It is. Um, so because of that, it has a longer life and plus it's kind of a unique movie. 
so it has kind of a longer life than maybe it deserves to have. Yep. Um, well, I know we talked about sleepers in the last episode. Now we had a very short life. Part of it is because the content is so dark. Right. It's not a movie you can just jump into. No. It's super complex. Yep. There's a lot of stuff going on. And that's a movie I think got a kind of a short shift where no one talks about it anymore. But this movie that you think you do does is still relevant in today's. Like, I don't think there's going to be any problem finding gifts to, f- to promote oh, this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because people still like this movie. But did you find that it was weird? It didn't do well in the theater at all. It sort of broke even it in the United States. It didn't do well. It yeah. really lost money to count marketing and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, no, this movie was a bomb. It was um, a bomb. And especially when you consider, and we'll go through Tom Hanks' career in a bit, but especially when you figure where Tom Hanks was in his career at this point. 96, yeah. Uh, after Apollo yep. 13, you know, which had just followed uh, Forrest Gump. Philadelphia a few years ago. Yeah. Of, you know, Philadelphia's two right. Oscars just as Apollo 13. And he has a pretty substantial role in this movie. He did. It's not like he has a cameo. He's, he's in this movie quite a bit. Yeah. So it's a Tom Hanks movie to some extent. It is. And it's still tanked. I know. It's very, that seems weird to me. Cause it's like, this is a good enough movie for people to go and watch. Like you'd think that people would have left this film being like, oh, that was fun and told their friends and family and their friends and family would have, you know, gone and seen it. I don't know why it, did they not, I don't remember. Did they not market it well? Like I, I don't. It was, I just don't I was, recall. marketed pretty well. I think the problem is like no one knows, especially then, this is Tom Ever Scott's first movie. Yeah, there aren't a lot of other I think actors it's, in this. Tyler is maybe her first movie Oh, too. she's young. She's like 19 or second years. Right 19 or 20 Records, years. She's right? very young. Yeah. And then uh, Steve Zahn's probably the biggest name of, the, of that group. But he only, he kind of gets bigger reality after bites. Yeah, that, oh, that's right. There was Reality Bites, yeah. But, um, and then, so let's talk about the Jimmy character for a second. Yeah. So uh, this is also one of his first roles too. Yeah. So, He's like this guy that's really into, really principled and really believes in his music. Kind of. For the first two thirds of the movie. Yeah, right. And in the last act, he just becomes a straight up villain. Absolutely. With no real. There's no ramp up to it. You, why is this happening? And you don't see their relationship. Like you don't see them really interact. No. He kind of lets her, he kind of, you know, leaves her behind a little bit. You see her, him flirting with an older woman who's also on tour with them. Right. But they're, they don't finish that thought like even in the extended version it's not like he cheated i mean maybe he did but we don't know if he cheated on on uh, his girlfriend we don't we don't know on Faye, right so what like what was the problem with the relationship? there wasn't like this big ramp up and then blow there was just a blow up at the end that was it right and he just becomes a dick he just becomes a dick like he just becomes like for no there's no real explanation of why he's becoming so cruel yeah. so quick it's- i understand why he would have but they don't show the progression yeah. there like i would have been frustrated i think I can put myself in his shoes. You know, I have this song that I wrote that is that in order for it to be a hit, it had to be changed. Right. It wasn't my original intention for that song. And that's okay. You get by, you get after that, but then you get past that. But then all the other, you know, the other songs that he, that he does write that he wants to record and he keeps getting kind of stymied, but you don't see a ramp, a ramp up of, you, you see him ask a couple times, but you don't see him get progressively more frustrated. No. Uh, and then he's like, his whole thing is like, Oh, I want to go and, and, Cut his whole thing is I want to get back want to in the studio, yeah, which is fine. I, mean, I totally it makes total I get sense. It. Totally get it. But then when they get in the studio is when he quits. Yeah, and it's like, well, just make the record first, then like because you don't want to cover the songs they want you to cover. Like, right, right. Like what the fuck? I guess he sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out, and he was like, I'm at my breaking point of selling out. I'm not doing it anymore. I think, but he then, need, I think he needs to say that then. He should have, yeah, because the thing is, though, he's a fraud because he then does sell out again because he goes back to the same record company with a new band called The Herdsman. They have some hit records, and then he becomes a producer. But that's Tom Hanks. See, so this is the problem with Tom Hanks writing this script yeah. a little bit. In that he's his first time, his first script. His opinions on the morality of these characters is so evident and clear yeah, yeah. Like he hates this jimmy person he does so he makes him at the end with the with the animal house 
you know, what they're doing now, kind of fast times were doing high, right. like thing. Yeah. Like, oh, he became this, he became that. He's doing that just to fuck this guy over, like to make him look like a hypocrite. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, there's no, he isn't, I, I don't think he for a second he would have gone back to Playtone. I don't Maybe think so either. he goes to a different, he goes to Warner's or goes to a different record company and makes music. Sure, I believe that. But the idea that he's going to go back to that same company, that doesn't, that's not who that character is. No, it's all about principles and morals. You'd think so. Yeah, because he, you know, even actually, even in the, um, that they're doing the, the movie, that sort of like yeah, yeah, summer yeah. beach movie right. thing. And, you know, you see him at that point is like, that's when he starts to get obstinate. Um, but yeah, so then, and then in the recording studio, yeah, I don't think he would have gone back. It, it doesn't, doesn't make sense for his character. Or if it did, write the character different. Yeah, that, and the other character I have a major issue with is the Lenny character by Steve Zahn. So, I have no problem with him. Well, Steve Zahn, I think, is playing the character really well. He's playing it as having fun. Very goofy, He's fun like, guy. I'm going to have fun through this whole thing and never take any of it seriously and just kind of enjoy the ride, which is probably the correct way we should approach this thing. Yeah. But Tom Hanks doesn't like this character. You don't think he does? He calls him a fool at one point. Uh, uh, in fact, it's actually pretty poor writing it's the, at the end in that record studio. Oh yeah. When Tom Hanks He's the fool. has the need to then. Oh, right. He tells us who each character is. That's right. Is like, well, I don't know, we, we get it. We've watched the movie. Yeah. We, that's we too understand. much. That's too much of a hammer. Oh, awful. coming from him, the writer. That's exactly. terrible. Exactly. It's yeah. very weak. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, he has a title card where he ends up kind of having him just be single and this sad. That is sad. Like, in other words, Oh, remember how I, we show him get married and he's so happy. He is. Oh, oh he's, he's really so not. Happy. He's wrong. He's an idiot. Yeah. And now he's alone. Oh, that's shitty. Fuck you. Steve Zahn's character or Lenny, you know? And so Tom Hanks, the only person Tom Hanks kind of sides with is guy is guy. Yeah. The character that kind of looks like him. Right. And that character doesn't really, he doesn't take it too seriously. He, he doesn't, doesn't. He's, we're told he's the smart one, but he doesn't really do any, terribly nah. smart in the entire movie they signed two contracts um that were probably not a good idea no. to do number one you didn't have a fucking lawyer do anything with it how is he there's smart? nothing this guy does that's smart but yet we're told he's smart because and he didn't really take any of it seriously either no does, does that make him but smart then, but but lenny took it less seriously so lenny somehow is bad and the other character the bass player which is known as the bass TV player, player. Uh, yeah, all right yeah, yeah, yeah right not funny at all no uh it's really annoying when people do this so clever to a point. We, we get it, Tom. Yeah. You're witty. You're so Neat. smart. Yeah. He, they have him join the military, but they do it almost as, uh, I don't say mocking the military. It's not what they're doing, but almost like, oh, shouldn't he have, he should stick with the band. He shouldn't doing, joining the military was a huge mistake for this character. Um, they kind of all play it like that. Yeah. And then he kind of throws them away too, because he doesn't even say goodbye. He just ends up like seeing some Marines at a restaurant and then just taking off with them and instead he, of like saying a, goodbye. He's at Disneyland with them. Right. Which is like, so the, the military people kind of goofy. Cause these guys are all probably going to die or get hurt in Vietnam. Right. That's where they go. So yeah. like, so are they goofy? Cause they're riding space mountain or the fuck they're doing. I don't, yeah, I don't, don't get that either. And, also, and then they give him a purple heart for him. So he's brave too. He gets, he's brave and he right. fucking, like, yeah, that's, that's weird. And the, you know, I don't think that character would abandon his friends like that. No, not if he's a, the kind of guy who has like, you know, he'd at least make he, a phone call and be like, Hey guys, the band, you know, he at least said some sort of thing. He knows they have a big TV thing the yeah. next day. Yeah, fucks them over. But he, uh, and then the other thing, Steve Zahn character fucks them over with the records in the record studio. I know he does. It's almost like Tom Hanks knew you can't have him in there as well, or else the the um the singer Jimmy wouldn't go away. Jimmy won't go away. Yeah, he wouldn't go away. So like I have to now write him out of this. This this script is not good. Like the the, yeah, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of problems with script. Yeah, the the story the the concept is a very good one. It is, and the production design is very good. Yeah, I think so. 
Um, I don't love the casting. I don't love the script. They're all unknowns. Do you think it's just because um, they're like, Tom, yes, you're a big star, but you know, it's your first movie. We're only going to give you $25 million. You're going to have to do your best with it. Is that why they, he cast unknowns? Or did he not want to get outshined? Or, uh, is it, or, is it because, or is it because the band was an unknown band and now we know them by the end? Yeah, I think he wanted unknowns, which I totally get. I don't, I don't think they picked the right... The right actors, no, no, honestly, no, no. when you consider you could have had, you know, who, who's around at 20? You know, could you have Matt Damon? Could you have had, oh, probably. you know, Ben Affleck? Could yeah. you have had, you know, Minnie Driver, who we just saw in sleep? You know, right. you know, maybe this is a little bit later, but you probably could have had Edward Norton, yeah. uh, you know, Christian Bale. You know, there were a lot of talented young actors That's you, true. you could have had. You know, he picked these four people for whatever reason. I don't think they're particularly good. I mean, I, I you know, no. I just don't think, I don't think they're, they're good actors. Actually, and Giovanni Rubisi is probably the most famous of the five. Zahn, I guess. Or maybe Zahn. I guess. Yeah, you're Rubisi, right. in my opinion, is the best actor. Yeah, he five. is. Yeah, he's, and it's he's funny because the best actor out of everyone in the entire movie is Charlie Theron, who that's is true. thrown away by the end of the first act because yeah, right. she falls in love with a dentist. Yeah, he was a hunky dentist, though. He was, but that's just, it's it's a lot of like him needing to be cute. Yeah. Um, that was a weird relationship, too, between Guy and Charlie's Theron. Really weird. Character, because in the beginning, she's like really into him, but because he's going to own a store, like that's what that's that's what it was it's like she was oh did you tell your dad your ideas oh are you gonna open your new store right. Oh, someday it's gonna be um guys or whatever not yeah. his dad's name or whatever or and sons or See, whatever some of that might have been more in the um extended version i don't remember oh you didn't get any I, of that i got a little oh. bit not a lot of it yeah she like kind of goes off on it like like that's really important to her so she's in because he's like some big swinging dick who owns a but yeah, but yet I mean, he weird. becomes like a like a, a, a rock star he becomes a rock star and she's not into that at all no she's what? into the local furniture store guy that's, it doesn't make, make, that doesn't make sense. A lot of things don't make For sense. For a dentist? Movie. I mean, he's hunky, but like, why would you? And that's probably why you got to make him hunky is to like make him that appealing. But then why, why work that hard? Didn't make sense. No, it, it didn't. Yeah. Uh, I, I do love how this movie looks. Yeah. Um, he got he, talk. Fujimoto is the, uh, was the cinematographer here. Really smart play of Tom Hanks to go and get a super experienced cinematographer. Talk Fujimoto worked a ton in the nineties, a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, and, having him in here definitely helped because a lot of those shots do look really, really they good. Do. Uh, so they did, and I think just the production design, the set pieces, just the, the look of this film, LA or even in the local town, even in Erie. Yeah. It all looks really good. The town, the fair stuff, the movie set. Yeah, that's true. It all looks good. It like, does. Like yeah. I kind of buy this from whatever, you know, aesthetic they're going for. I, I completely believe that I'm in 1964 LA or whatever. Like they did a really good job with that. Yeah. Even like the, um, the jazz bar in, in uh, Hollywood, yeah. that guy ends up going to, to see what it was. Da- I can't Dow- remember. Dal Preston or something. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. Something yeah. Like yeah. That, yeah. He's hero. Right. Uh, even that looked really good. Um, oh, one of the scenes, I love the scene where they first hear their song on the radio. That's like the best scene of the film where one of them hears it. I think it's Liv Tyler, like hears Liv it. Tyler she hears starts it. sprinting down yeah, the screaming. road, screaming it. And you just, yeah, adding more, you know, more of the members of the band as they go screaming I think it is and cool. dancing. It's like, I think it's really neat. This is like what I get it. This is what it looks like to be famous, to realize you're famous. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, I like that scene a lot. That's, and that is probably one of the more iconic scenes of this film. Is I think that, so. Yeah. Um, that's something people usually remember and take away from this. Um, yeah. So you said, so I give this movie a B. I put this below. I know in the last episode, we talked about how sleepers is in that tier of like the hall. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. This is in the tier below that. This is hall. I think be so. Okay. For me, we haven't done a ton of movies that fall in this hall. No, it's usually we have pretty strong reaction to it either way. I would say, I don't know how many good, I, I'm trying to think of maybe hunt for Red October. Yeah. That this probably- is better than that. Yes, is more enjoyable than that. Certainly for me. Yeah. Um, 
but it's in that we haven't got a ton of like no. B level, like B grade movies, not B level, like low budget. This isn't a low budget movie, no, but like no, 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 no. we haven't done a ton of like movies that are just kind of okay. Yeah. I don't think, right? No, we haven't. But the problem for me is so I think that this is made this is like the quality of the movie is a B, but I enjoy it more than that. I just I enjoy it more. It's more fun for me to watch. I think because of the music thing too. That's the other thing is that they act the band the way they act as a band is really good. Yeah. I mean, they look really good. They do. I mean, even from my, you know, like, I guess they spent months practicing and yeah, I saw they took lessons for a while yeah. and then they were, they were rehearsing as a band every day. And even though they weren't, they were lip syncing their instruments and vocally, like they look, it looked right. A few of them or two of them had skill. Uh, the guy who played TB, uh, the, Ethan Embers, yeah, he, he had bass yes, skills before Zahn a little bit. Steve Zahn had guitar yeah. skills, but he looked like he was playing. I could tell those are the chords. Um, I, those were absolutely the chords he was playing. I saw him make the change and I was like, okay, that's right there. That's right there. They did great. And even guy looked, guy looked really good as a drummer. Like yes, that didn't, did. that didn't look wrong. Right. You know, and that's hard to do. Yeah. So very impressive with that. The other thing is maybe I'm, you'd think that of anybody, I would be really sick of the song by the end of the movie, but I wasn't. I like I, that song. I know. We'll talk about the song in a bit, but yeah. Um, no, the song. So that helps too. Song I helps loved watching. Yeah, I watched. I liked watching them perform right. it and the reactions to it. I loved how. Um, yeah, we'll talk. We, yeah, but well, I, but I loved how when they first when they're first playing live, it wasn't. The, it was at the. Um, it was at the the uh, battle of the bands or whatever the talent show. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy decides out of nowhere, which is a prick move, to play the song faster. Yes, it is right and they have a hard time keeping up with him. Right. And it looks good. Like you, you see Jimmy, like he can't sing fast enough to catch up to right. it. In the beginning to, to be able to know what the song's supposed to be like. Cause you know, as the actor, he knows, um, at a, at a, at a faster tempo, but be able to drag himself back to perform it like that is really skillful. That's hard to do. It's like, it's hard. If you're, if you're someone who can sing in tune, really hard to sing out of tune yeah to like sing you know kind of slightly below the note or slightly above the note. that's hard to do and they pull it off like it looks really good the music stuff definitely sells like yeah. whether they're on the tv studio or whether any of that stuff that does work um who so i think in my opinion the best actor of that of those four uh is steve and I guess including with tyler is steve zahn steve zahn yeah. in this movie is yeah. the best act he does the best he, job i don't think his character is written very well but he seems to really just kind of like, I'm just having fun. I'm just going to yeah. fuck around and have a good time. Steve Zahn, meanwhile, has this like great life. Like he's married. You know, Jay Peterman, the catalog. I don't From think Seinfeld. so. Seinfeld. You, yeah. know, you didn't watch Seinfeld? No, I hate Seinfeld. That's it's a bullshit show. That's it's a, not that, funny. That's a dumb take. I, I wish it were funny, but it's just not. Yeah. He's just talking about everyday stupid stuff in not a funny way. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a really dumb take. Yeah. Um. So, but Jay Peterman's a real catalog. And it's like kind of like outdoors, like uh, huh. very upscale L.L. Bean. Oh, okay. Like yeah. ridiculously. So like the whole like, but, but, uh, but his daughter, that's who Steve's on married was the real Jay Peterman's oh. daughter. And they live on some ranch in, I don't know if it's like, like Tennessee or something. Yeah. It's down South or something. A 400 acre Kentucky, ranch. He's maybe. been married to the same woman, you know, for years. And he's had two kids and he just seems to have this really great life. And he does movies when he can. And, and then he just, you know, he, he just seems to have his shit together. He's, that's the kind of fame that I imagine would be kind of fun to have. Is like, right. you know, you're not like Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise or Julia Roberts where you're being swarmed all the time, you know, Brad Pitt. You can just kind of probably live a pretty 
pretty normal life. Relatively, yeah, particularly if it's a, like a rural area, people aren't going to fuck with you. Like right, a town and you kind of also yeah. like you know, you know, Steve Zahn. Yes, we know who he is, and if you listen to this podcast, you're probably a film nerd to some extent. In yeah, you, film junkie, you're really into this stuff. So. You know him from Sahara. Right. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> right. but you know, your average person on the street probably doesn't know who Steve Zahn is, and you know, might barely recognize his face. But I think it's probably yeah. a nice way to live. I, it's like it goes in my Kevin Klein. Uh, yeah, group of uh, Kevin Klein's significantly more famous, way better, and a way better actor. But yeah, way better actor. But those two guys just seem to have it together. Yeah, like there's, I think that's that's like a real value. Like, I think so. You know, like, never in the tabloids, not causing trouble, never in and out of rep- so rehab. So I guess people give like people after Reality Bites, especially, uh, and to some extent after this, people are like, oh, you're kind of like the you're the quintessential Gen X guy, uh, and he's like, actually, I'm not. I'm the guy, like especially when Gen X was like all about slackerdom. Yeah. He's like, I'm the guy that's up at 6 a.m. no matter what. Like, he's like, I'm very, I'm not at all a big partier. I'm very much like, go, wow. Go, yeah. So he's always been kind of a, just a guy that probably just enjoys his ranch and just kind of likes that kind of lifestyle. He was never really big in the Hollywood scene. Which you think about it back then, I don't know, let's talk about River Phoenix. We've yeah. talked to, you know, look at some of the people that have had a really rough time. He never, he could have easily been, you know, Ethan he could have. Another guy that's kind of had his shit together too. Yeah. But, you know, some people like Winona Ryder, she's fucking had her problems. Like, Real, you know, look at that shop, reality shop bites cast lifting and all that shit. Yeah. Right. I mean, so like yeah. it could have been pretty easy for him to go down that road, but he must be a pretty, I don't know, put together the right way person where he can ignore those things and, and kind of live like a normal life, which is, I think pretty admirable. And he seems like a fun dude. I would hang out he with does. him. I'm sure he's funny and like interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So Steve's on good. Good on you. Good on you, Steve. You're in, you're part of my group of people. I'd, because you, we have a beer with me and Kevin Klein hanging out. Why don't want you there? Why not? Why can't I hang me? out? Cause I, cause I want to talk to Kevin just to have a nice talk. I mean, I, you know, say dumb things about Seinfeld or you don't know. Staten he, Island you know, he agrees. Or, he's way funnier than Seinfeld ever was. Kevin Klein. That's not true. Come on. Uh, uh, oh, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that, that, that worked. Thanks. Pretty good, right? <laughs> oh, you don't like my impressions now? Again? Not Carano. I, I love most of your impressions except for the Seinfeld. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that would be better if he started swearing. I'd love that. So wholesome, that Seinfeld guy. So what's the deal about guy? What's the deal with these cunts? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> you know the guy, I feel about this movie. Like I feel about Tom Hanks though. Ooh, you know what I mean? Oh He's no, ca- I don't. I, you don't think so? I'm I mean, a, I'm a big no, Tom like, Hanks fan. I, I no, I love Tom Hanks. It's just like I feel like he's fun. Like it's a fun. He's a cool guy. He's like a fun guy. And this movie was sort of like that. It paralleled paralleled the way I feel about Tom Hanks. He wrote a book a couple of years ago, a number of short stories. Yeah. Um. It was okay. Uh, at times, though, it got like too cutesy. Like mm. you know, it was, and every single story had a typewriter in it. So yeah. like he had it like that was you know just just tell some stories man we don't need to have all these cute hooks and stuff but he kind of can't help himself and you see it here he's yeah. working really hard here to make this he is like you say kind of that image that we know of Tom Hanks that you know I don't say family friendly but whatever that is that um I'm clever wink wink but I'm not dangerous wink wink I can see that that's kind of what I think we're getting here it's hard to write a movie though they don't do it that well well I mean. I mean, not to be a dick, but like, you know. I mean, he did write a movie that actually saw the light of day that, you know, kind of broke even that it, I mean, his art form did make the screen. I, and I like this movie. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I saw this in the theater. Right. I paid money to see it and I, I enjoyed oh, it. It's you way, know? Be, it's way better than a lot of films we've seen. Yes. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I mean, not for the show, but you mean just in general in life. 
I mean, for the show, but also in life. For I mean. for, yeah, but I'd say it's like in the in the middle of certainly in the middle scene, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, no, I mean, this is this is fine. I did, and for a first time, the other thing too is most times people direct their first film, it's usually doesn't have this huge spotlight on it. It's a film no. you probably wouldn't have normally seen. Yeah, but because Tom Hanks is involved, now you have a thirty-five million dollar budget. Now you have so to write. I mean, no, he had like basically what happened was he walked marched into the studio and said, "I'm a big." star like I, i'm actually gonna pull out my big star card and i want to direct and write a movie and hmm. the studio said okay what are they gonna say the guy just won two oscars yeah you know like at that point it was the height of his power so he can kind of say whatever he wants well, and do 20, whatever he wants 25 million to make the movie is kind of chump change for them it uh, it's not it's not for like a really for like a major motion picture I, look you know it's probably close to like 40 today right so is that it's not 10 I'll no put it you're that right way. Yeah. i mean you know, it's, it's, you know, also yeah, they, they people, spent some money marketing this too. This isn't just 25 million. This pro- it's probably had a price tag of 50 on it. Cause they marketed the fuck out of this. Did they? Yeah. I don't know why people didn't go to see it, but, but think about this, taking a chance on this versus taking a chance on something like fucking Alvin and the chipmunks, which costs 150 million to make or something. But Alvin chipmunks is an IP where this doesn't. And this yeah, is, true. Between, is what we it's talk true. about with 1990s filmmaking. Yeah. This is why something like this, well, I know it probably feels like I'm beating up this movie probably more than it deserves, but at least it's an original idea. Uh, exactly. You yeah. Know? So give him credit for that. And it was his first movie. And, um, you know, he ended up kind of transitioning more to, uh, he seemed to enjoy being more of a producer, whether it be like band of brothers stuff or the, oh, um, right. uh, from, um, earth to the moon. Yeah. He, he was very involved with that. Uh, and then he also, he, now he's doing a lot of those, um, CNN documentaries, the sixties, the seventies, the eighties. Oh, is he? I didn't know that. Yeah, I haven't he's seen really heavily involved with those. Huh. Um, is he narrating or is he just producing? I know he might be narrating them too. Yeah. I, think he, I know he's definitely producing them and they have his, and so him and Spielberg do a lot of stuff like that or they'll uh-huh, do, yeah. they, 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 he seems to kind of enjoy that end of it more than the actual writing it, but he did do that Larry crown movie. I haven't seen, but. I haven't seen it either. Um, did, uh, did Spielberg direct band of brothers or did they just both produce it? I, I don't know if this, I know he, I think one episode of that. Maybe. He might I mean, I don't think he directed, there's like 12 of them. So I don't think he directed all of yeah, them. He might have directed yeah, one of them, but yeah, um, yeah but, but Tom Hanks was, was pretty heavily. I forgot that he produced that there. too. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Do, what was I going to mm, Is there one more thing about this? I don't know. We I, it's pretty the, good. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you, so, uh, what do you I, I like it. You give it a B or you give it higher than that. It's not you like it more than me. I laughed and it was fun. And the time went by, even though it was two hours and 40 minutes, two hours and 20 minutes, 25 minutes of my Jesus. time. It was long, but I, but it was fun. I yeah. had no problem like sitting through it and laughing along. Yeah. I mean, in terms of, I see the problem, like my head and my heart, that's the difference here. Like from my heart, I, I think it's more, it's a B plus. I enjoyed it more than a lot of other, I enjoyed it more than the hunt for hunt for red October and some yeah, of these other too. films. It's like more fun, but I, I know it's not as well made. It's not as good a movie as the hunt for red October. It's more like enjoyable, but I, I still, I would, if I had to pick one movie, I'd pick this. I would above watch this. Hunt for October. Yeah. 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 So yeah. B. All B. Right. All right. Yeah. So we agree. All right. So let's do the Tom Hanks hall of fame and we'll do a song that work. Perfect. Okay. So how it works. Hall, we haven't done this in a while. The hall of fame. Oh. Plaque, we, Matt and I kind of talk about an actor that we both have to agree would make the hall of fame. Our Hall of Fame idea is that one actor, one actress from every single year in theory would be in there. So you'd have what, a hundred actors, a hundred actresses. Yeah. So basically it has to be someone that Matt and I would feel be on our top hundred. Um, we've done Sandra Bullock. Yep. We've done, oh God, I forget. Another, we didn't do Clint. We did. No, no, we didn't do Clint. What else did we do? I don't remember. We did another major actor. Dude, fuck, I forget. I'm sorry. Um, if you go back, oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. We That's did him. right. Um, go back. And we're not saying this is like the best, but simply like the famous, like hall, like hall yeah. of fame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, iconic people. And what 
like in the baseball hall of fame, if you get in, you have a, uh, you have like an icon, a logo on your hat. Yeah. So like Roger Clemens, well, he's not in the hall of fame. It's a bad example. Uh, <laughs> Robin Young only played for the Brewers. He has a Brewers, Brewers but hat. like Nolan Ryan, like who does he get? It's kind right. of, it's tougher, Four tougher teams call. or something, right? right? Yeah. So, um, with this is basically what is the most iconic role this person's played? What's the role you think of or that you really think kind of embodies this, this, this actor. If you had just one, movie you had to put on this whole tough one yeah so we start from the beginning of the career and then um we work our way down okay sounds okay. right so first movie is splash so right now we would have splash yeah we'd have splash yep okay. then he does bachelor party still splash me too did you like splash yeah yeah I did but too. i haven't seen it in i don't know 30 years at me this either point. john candy daryl hannah Ron yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah very good um Man of One Red, didn't, that's, that's 1984 he had both those movies in 84 which is pretty hmm, big he's coming off big. of bosom buddies it's pretty right. it's pretty big then in 85, he does The Man with One Red Shoe and Volunteers. I liked Volunteers. Yeah, those movies are not iconic. I think Splash is... Yeah, definitely. But by far... Yeah, Agreed, the still there. So then in 86, he does three movies. He does The Money Pit, Nothing in Common, and Every Time We Say Goodbye. The Money Pit and Nothing in Common are both really interesting movies. I don't remember Nothing in Common, but... That's the movie with Jackie Gleason. Yeah. Um, it's Jackie Gleason's last role. It's it's not it's just an interesting movie. It's he plays his father, and they, just, they have a really difficult relationship. I'm sure I've seen it, but I, I can't. It's recall interesting. It. Yeah. It's definitely worth like a watch if you catch it on. Like I would definitely recommend that. Plus Jackie Gleason, you get to see him. It's just it's it's good. Yeah. Um, the Money Pit is hysterical. Yeah, that is maybe his funniest role. It's good. Um, the scene with him just like falling into the floor, the floor. with the carpet, like right. and just screaming. It's just <laughs> I, the, uh, he's he's so good in that. I I'd love to run into that movie because there's a lot. That movie, that movie's very funny and hate, very underrated. I hate to say it though, but Splash is still more iconic. Don't yeah, you think? Yeah, I have to put that. Yeah. Uh, see, this is, this is gonna be tough for some of these because some of these things I enjoy Money Pit way more than Splash. Yeah. But you're right. Splash is a more iconic role. I, you know, I'd be, you know, I'm not gonna. We have to be. I have to have some integrity in this. You do. Yeah. Uh, 1987. He does Dragnet. Which, I love which, that film so much. Did, it's did, just you, me, your balls in this drawer. It doesn't work for me. Doesn't it's so funny. We're pagans. People against good normalcy. It makes me laugh. I've seen it so many times. Really? Yeah. I, I brought, cause I think it was one of those on, on HBO all the, all the time. time. Him and Dan so Arca, I, yeah. It was I on HBO all the time. Yeah. I just liked, for some reason, I liked that film a lot. But splash. it's still Splash. Okay. Yeah. So 88, he does Big and Punchline. So Big. Big. He got nominated for Oscars for Salazar. Yeah, and big and is him definitely. Him in the piano. Yes. Punchline. And Big's a very good movie. Punchline is a really interesting fucking weird movie. Can't remember it. He plays a stand-up comic yeah. who's having like a mental breakdown. He meets Sally Field, mm. who is a mom of like two kids. Her husband's John Goodman. They have a regular life, and her dream has always been to be a stand-up. And she starts spending more and more time at the comedy club and less and less time at home, which creates like friction with her and John Goodman. Oh, of course. But her and Tom Hanks aren't like a love interest. It's more just like they're two like people trying to get through the stand-up world together. yeah 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 but he's like he's losing his shit because he's so angry and he's like he just it's not working for him and he's kind of having a breakdown yeah and at one point he does like this like he does a like, singing in the rain like outside it sounds so familiar it's so fucking weird and like it's he's really good it's like a really good performance by him i and must have seen it i just don't i can't this it's not a great familiar movie, to me but, but I, he's good and sally feels good and too and goodman's good it's the performance is really good the, the, the movie itself isn't great but it's very odd still big uh Big, right? Yeah. Yep. 89, he does The Burbs and Turner and Hooch. Yeah, still big, but... But think uh, about where he's in his career. So he just got... Unfortunately, he probably agreed, I'm guessing, just from the timeline, I'm guessing he agreed to Burbs and or Turner and Hooch before he got the... Uh, Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch. <laughs> yeah. Hooch. 
um, before he got the Oscar nomination. Oh, you think so? So we agreed to it. Yeah, like, you wouldn't do the dog. Right. I mean, it's a cute film, but it's not something that you, so, you would do as an Oscar nominee. Turner, who's just a quick story. It's bizarre. It to me. So Tom Hanks is one of the most likable people in Hollywood, right? Yeah. Okay. The other one, one of the most likable people in Hollywood is Henry Wrangler. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves this guy. Uh-huh. They hate each other. Yeah, I think you mentioned that before, which is very strange. I guess. Maybe there's competition Hanks, for likability. No, Hanks. Uh, Hanks got Winkler fired from Turner and Hooch. Right. He was supposed to direct it and he fired him from it and they hate each other. It's just bizarre. It's like the two most likable people. Yeah. Not like it's very strange. They should reconcile. Yeah, I don't care that much. No. Uh, I kind of like they hate each other. Um, <laughs> in 1990, he does two pretty big bombs, Joe versus the Volcano and the Bonfire, their vanities. That was a shit movie. I actually like Joe versus the Volcano. It's fun. I do too. It's, it's just, weird. It just, it just didn't. I mean, yeah. it's just weird. It's, yeah. it's just strange. But you think about it, now the guy's two years off the Oscar nomination. Yeah. Like what's going on? I would be like, what's going on with this guy's career a little bit? Like who's his agent? He's in, you know, he's in movies with dogs. He's fighting crime. He's, he's jumping into a volcano and it, it's spitting him out. It's very strange. Very weird. And Bonhart advantage was a mistake. That was a weird one. 92. He does. Oh, either own. Yeah. So now we got a really thing. Got a still big to me. Me too. Yeah. Um, but Lee Theron finally gets his career kind of back on track a little bit. We obviously, we covered that movie for our show here. Yeah. And it does kind of, as much as I don't really, that's another one I probably put in the hall of the, of the good, I guess. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think this is better than, this is more fun to watch than, than yeah. yeah, agreed. But he plays an interesting character in, I mean, we covered this, but like he's a grump, but he's very funny and charming. He is. Which is a kind of a, a neat little departure for him. It's like him as an elderly guy, almost. Yeah, and he's kind of a dick, but yet he has a heart but of gold, he but totally he pulls it off. Yeah, he does pull it off very much, but still big. Yes. 93, he does Sleepless in Seattle, which is an important movie to a lot of women. Yeah. And Philadelphia. And it's not a bad film, actually. I probably saw it with my grandmother. It's, it's, it's you know, for, uh, for that type of film. And Philadelphia, I, that's the hard part. I mean. And you won an Oscar for it? That's still, so hard. It's big. 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 Like if you, I always think like the immemorium for the Oscars, like what's the first thing you'd probably see? I, I'd see Big. him not in the courtroom in Philadelphia, but nah. on the, on the piano. No, okay. cause it's not like it's, it, it's, that's a sad, I mean, it's a sad movie and seeing him in a, in a sad role, but whereas, yeah, it's easier to identify with the child wonder, childlike wonder and big. And it's, you know, it's more fun and lighter. That's yeah. Big, big follows it up for Scott. See, Forrest now, Gump. now I got to go Forrest Gump. Yeah, me too. I, as much as I... Yeah, it's still his... I mean, whether you like it or not, it's still iconic for him. Yeah. All right, so we're both on Gump. Yep. We don't need to agree on this, by the way. So Matt and I can... Do we need to agree on this or not? I think agree? so, yeah. We need to agree. This is yeah. what we need to agree on. Okay. Yeah, we do. Okay. But that's fine. We do agree. We do agree. I mean, and, I, and we've talked about this before. I'm gonna, we both like this film probably more than most people do. Forrest Gump. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, good. We do. Well, it's gotten hard. We, but neither of us love it. We no, both, I don't love like it. it. No, yeah. it's not. I don't think it should have won the Oscar. Either. Right. Of course not. Oh, of course. That's not. <laughs> right. You think? Exactly. Uh, 95. Uh, he does Apollo 13 and Toy Story. Okay. Apollo 13 is great. And, um, but it's still Forrest Gump. Some people would are, if they were here with us, they would argue for Toy Story. Well, no, I would tell them to go fuck themselves and they're idiots. But some people, like if you go see this right now, why are you going to tell a five-year-old to go fuck themselves? It's not their fault. That <laughs> they should watch better movies. Yeah, I know. better parents. No, I mean Toy Story is. Pro- as, I think it's as, fine. Actually, these I, movies I like are it. fine. Yeah, I, I've fun. seen it. It's okay. Yeah. It's fine. But some people, I, I adults, would argue that that is his most iconic role. I guarantee. No, I they're guarantee wrong. There's some assholes out no. there. Yeah, okay, they're wrong. Uh, and Apollo 13 is a very good movie, but very it's good. not. I, I mean, no, 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 not that role. I mean, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. no. Force yeah. Uh Then 96 does that thing you do. So, and then also talks about like where he think about where he was at this time in his career. We had just gone through this. 
string of hits. I mean, uh, or either own sleep in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Paul 13, Toy Story. And then he directs his own movie that could even make $50 million. I know it's very weird. Very weird. right? I, I, I do think that is, this is the strangest box office that we've done. What we've seen so far. There's no way that this shouldn't have broken a hundred million. I know there's a bunch of unknowns. His first movie directing, everybody loves him. It's a light movie. Anybody can watch no it. Kids can watch this. it. The family can yeah. watch it. Yeah. It's, it's got a fun song. Like there's no reason the, why this shouldn't have done well. Here's a tough sell though, is that kids aren't going to go want to watch a movie about people in the 60s. You think so? Yeah. Even at that time in the 90s? Well, I guess the 70s were kind of cool in the 90s. That's what it was. People were, were kind yeah, of Yeah, I mean, I don't think, I think it's tough to sell teenagers on what you're basically your parent, you, you know, like what your parents are doing. But then your parents would bring you though. You know what I mean? You'd bring Tom your Hayes 10-year-old is real kids. hard on for nostalgia. I know we're on nostalgia yeah, yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. so this, this is the pot calling the kettle yeah, black he does here like a bit. That. Yeah. But he has a real, a real thing with that. Because yeah. he read the CNN document, like he's got a real thing for nostalgia. Like that book I told you about, all, the, every story had a typewriter. He has this real thing with the past. Yeah. As I say that, as we talk about the right past, the past. <laughs> um, 1998, he does Saving Private Ryan and you got mail Saving Private Ryan. Some people would argue great. That's not his, but it's not iconic. For I, him. Agree. I mean, it's a great film, but it's so not. we're, we're going to accept so far. Yeah. Yeah. 99. He has Toy Story 2 and the Green Mile. I mean, I love the Green Mile and no, I mean, it's still, I enjoy the Green Mile quite a bit too. Very, yeah. I think it's under very underrated book. The book is, is fantastic. I think I've actually read it and I should. So good. Yeah. I hope, I hope we can read it because I have a lot of thoughts. I hope we can yeah. talk about that one day. So this is where we might separate our yeah 2000 is castaway it's tough god damn it what is he more known for probably forrest gump what's more iconic probably forrest gump see for me the first thing i think of when i think of tom hanks is him starting that fire on the island yeah as chuck and he's like yeah yeah, ah, I did I made fire. yeah, yeah. yeah. and he's like that and the Wilson. that is chant. the very yeah. first thing though i think of though like so you say tom hanks the very first image in my mind is him on that beach, like celebrating, making fire. It's not Forrest Gump running. It's not hang. It's not on the piano. But that's another. But that. So that's the issue, though, is the nostalgia part of it. Though, if we were older, I think we would probably relate more to the Forrest Gump character because he's going through points in history that we didn't. We didn't no, see. Yeah, you don't but think that's, that's it? Yeah, it well, because I, I can relate to Castaway more than I can relate to Forrest Gump and him going through all these historical moments that I never. But I anyone can relate to Castaway. You have to be this like you have to be this baby boomer that also loves to jerk off to baby boomer porn to enjoy Forrest Gump that much. That's true. And big. That you know, that big is a iconic role. It I mean, really is. So we do agree those are the three biggest, right? I, so far, yeah. Okay. I don't think there's anything more, but yeah. I, we'll go through them. But we'll yeah. go quick. I think this is. But to me, uh, I gotta go Castaway here. But you gotta go Forrest Gump. I think it's. I think so. I think it's more iconic. Sorry. We have to agree on this. Is that what we're deciding? I don't remember, but don't remember we should day. probably. <laughs> 2002. <laughs> he does. <laughs> Oh, he produced. I just want to mention this real quick. This yeah, is yeah. part of the thing. He produces my big fat Greek wedding, which, oh, make, yeah. which makes him a shit ton of money. That thing was everywhere and it cost nothing to make and it made a fortune. That shit was everywhere. And he had a huge part in that him and his wife helped produce and they, they, they got a huge payday from that. I, uh, I, la- I remember laughing when that came out. I don't, I haven't seen it probably since that one time. It made me laugh. It didn't make, it was fine. It was, was it, fine? it was, no, it was just, but it, but it just made a bridge. Yeah. Um, and then he just wrote a perdition and cash if you can. Okay, so two magnificent films, and but not his two not of iconic maybe roles. Maybe his best. Yeah, those are definitely. Oh, Castaways. It was, I, I really. Yeah, like yeah, Castaway. But but still, yeah. But between those three, maybe. Yeah, maybe those best. might be his three best. His best. Yeah. Um, obviously, we talked about road production on the show. Matt and I both have love that film. Bizarre love for it. Like no, everybody else is wrong. They should. Okay. They, they, and that's part of the reason why we're doing this podcast is we, to make we, sure that everybody knows that the value of Road Yeah, but Cashman Ken is great too. Yeah, Cashman Ken is probably more iconic than Road to Perdition, unfortunately. 
Um, yeah, but his he it's not really about I mean he's great in that film, but it's not really about him. It's more about it's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. DiCaprio. I agree with you. Yeah. And even Christopher Walken. And who's amazing too. in that film too. Uh so then we'll go through this quick now because this is kind of that's kind of the end of his that's peak. It. Yeah. So in two thousand four he does Lady Killers, the yeah. terminal and the Polar Express. Nah. Uh, 2006, he does Da Vinci Code, which we talked about in this show. Yeah. We've done a lot of Tom Hanks in this show. Yeah, we have. Uh, which uh, Matt and I both, we both yeah. hate that movie. Yeah. 2000, or I hate it. It's Matt, not good. I kinda, Matt, Matt kind of hates it. 2007, he does Charlie Wilson's War, which is a nice little movie. Um, yeah, I saw it. It's Phillips and Hoffman. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I remember. Yeah. Uh, 2009, he does uh, Angels and Demons, which is a yeah. Da Vinci Code uh, sequel. 2010, uh, Pro Story 3. You can see, you can see it, yeah, it yeah. all falls apart. 2011, he does that Larry Crown movie, which we admit, haven't we, seen. We haven't seen. Uh, in the mix here, he also does, I'm sorry, he does The Terminal. Uh, the as Terminal's well, actually a good film. Which isn't Who bad. Who directed that film? That's not like... Uh, it was Spielberg, wasn't it? It might have been Spielberg. Ka- Catherine Zeta-Jones in that too. Yeah. It's a really interesting premise like about a guy that because of his country not letting him in and America and relations, he's stuck. With visa issues, basically. In, in purgatory stuck in an airport, in an airport terminal. For months or for something. For months. For months. And really he eventually be friends, like people that work there. Yeah. And, but it's just really, and anytime I'm in an airport terminal, anytime I think of that movie, I'm like, yeah, well, what too. if I had to live here? Yeah. I think about that a lot of places I go. If, if I'm in a mall or if I'm in like a store, I'm like, what if I had to live here? What if this was, <laughs> this was how reality? long could I live here? Yeah. Like, I think about it all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, 2012 does Cloud Atlas. Oh, 2013, Captain Phillips. Yeah, that's a good one. Which not not as iconic as this. Yeah, that's no, a really no, no, good no. movie. It's it the first yeah. good movie we've had in a while now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just saving Mr. Banks, Bridge of Spies. Uh, mm. Bridge of Spies is good. I haven't seen it. Mark Rylance, yep. right? It's really good. It's good. Uh, Inferno, which is another one of those fucking Da Vinci Well, movies. actually, I don't think I've even seen Inferno. He, 2017 is The Post, which is the uh, Washington Post yeah. movie. And don't, then, I'm not uh, interested. Mentioned it's Toy Story 4. Is that Mr. Rogers movie, which I haven't seen. I haven't seen it. In 2019. So then in 2020, he does a movie called Greyhound, which he also helped write. It's only huh. the third movie he's written. It just came know. out. It's for Apple TV or Apple Plus, whatever the fucking thing is. Apple Plus. Um, Matt knows all yeah, the Yeah, something I don't know what it is. And it's about- Disney um, Plus and Apple TV, I think. He does Sully as well, doesn't he? Oh, he does Sully. And Sully's good, actually. I like Sully. It's okay. Yeah. Um, so that movie came out, Greyhound movie. I think it's available now. I have, I have not seen it. And then, and then he has some other- He's playing uh, Colonel Tom Parker in an Elvis movie coming out uh, next year. Yeah. Which could be interesting. Could be. He also is doing a movie which we both might like. It's like uh, science fiction. He's plays. It's uh, him and his dog at the end of the like they're the last people on Earth, and he's trying to have a robot do something for him. So me and you might oh. both might like that movie. Um, yeah, that's good. Got um, robots. Got future. Got zombies. I know. Maybe, Maybe zombies. I don't know if I need zombies. Knows, I, I don't yeah. like the zombies. Remember? Yeah. You're right. um, well, oh, so yeah. so what are we deciding? Is we're we gonna go with uh, Forrest Gump? We're gonna go with? Um, I think it's Forrest Gump or Castaway. I don't know. I mean, I just think what do it, you feel strongly about? I feel like I still lean to I. I want to say Castaway, but I, I lean I, towards Forrest Gump. I guess you're probably right. <sighs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to go. What's the first thing you see when they play his Oscar? In my it's probably him running. It's him running. Yeah. That's a great scene. Or him too, on actually. the bench. Yep. Yeah. Box of chocolates or his like Lieutenant Dan spiel with like his talking about his shrimp. Bubba Gump. Oh yeah. yeah. Or, sorry. Not Lieutenant Dan. When he's sitting with Bubba Gump and he's talking about the shrimp or Lieutenant Dan stuff. So it's Forrest Gump. I think so. Oh, that's the, that's There's so many scenes that so stick out for me with that one. So many great movies in, in the movie that is, is a kind of just an okay movie. It's good. It's not great. We'll put that poll up, though. I'll put in yeah. the, the four that we've kind of talked about the most here, and we'll let you guys decide. I'm guessing you won't choose Forrest Gump. I'm guessing you guys will choose something that's yeah. not that. Yeah, you probably will. If it's toy, you have to put Toy Store up, though, because we have to see how stupid... Oh. How stupid the fucking public is. Not our listeners, but the other people. I will. I'll put those up there. Just a yeah, fuck yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so we should talk about the song then. Yeah. 
That's a well-written song, actually. A really well-written song. It's not a perfect song, but it's perfect for this movie. Oh, yeah. It is a perfect song for this movie. This movie, this movie would be a C plus C, C minus. Not at the time. Wrong, the wrong song. Not at the time. Not in the 60s. In the 60s, this is as well-written as... Oh, no, 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 you're, you're misunderstanding what I'm or saying, or I'm not being clear. Great, you're right. Yeah, yeah, uh, right? yeah. No, I'm simply saying this, if you had the wrong song in this movie. Oh, I see what you're saying, I'm saying. Yeah. If it was something that wasn't as well-written as this yeah. song, this movie is now like a C-. minus. Absolutely, because you would be you so would hate fucking song. sick of this, this song. Movie, this song alone bumps this movie a whole lot of grade. It's that good of a song, and it it's matters that, that much. perfect yeah. for this movie. It, it's exactly that Beatles song. It, it's... It's perfect, man. It's, I've heard this song. I mean, Christ, you watched the movie here. A million times. 15 times. I've heard this song. Wait, yeah. I, I'm so not tired of it. I'm not tired of it. No, it's really well written. So last uh, episode, we talked about a fucking two chord song, right? Yes. We talked about the I Love You and Always Forever song and the one chord songs. And there's something to be said about being able to take something, like being that narrow scope of a song, a one chord or two chord song, and make something fun out of it. And of course, that, you know, I Love You Always Forever is not an example of that, but, but I did play some examples of that. Mm-hmm. This is the exact opposite. This is something with a... With chords that flow, not block. We talked about blocky chords before. No, I'm sorry. Is this, is, uh, this, is this, this a one chord, two song, or is this? A oh no, more? no, 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 no. This is something that is way more complex. This okay. is something with many chords, okay. many changes. Where where the craft is the flow of the chords into each other, which allows them to 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 write a really pretty melody over it. Um, no, this is a very complicated, expansive song. Okay. And cohesive. It's it like it's beautifully has to done. Be because they know we're going to hear this 10 times. It has to be interesting. So it has to be complex. Yep. Um, so, of course, it's written by Adam Schlesinger, who is the Fountains of Wayne guy who wrote this. I think this is so stupid. I hate that Awful song. Awful song. More so than dumb. most other songs. If we ever, hopefully we'll, we won't, but if yeah. we ever bump into that, that will be, that will may hit my bottom five. So depending dumb. On where it's a terrible song. But he, he wrote a fucking gold song. Like this I, is an I amazing don't song. This I don't understand. I don't get it either. So good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing I can think of, so I don't know any, any of the other of fountains of Wayne's repertoire. I mm. mean, after hearing that song, I'm like, I don't fucking want to hear anything else they do, but maybe what he, maybe he was just trying to sell out on that one and mm. get a bunch of airplay, which he did, you know? And so he wrote something very simple. Um, and you know, maybe his other stuff is more complex, more interesting, but it is tough to think like, how did this guy write something so amazing as that thing you do. It's, it's a lot of compliments to him for being able to do it. It's perfect. It, like I said, I, I can't emphasize how hard this would have been to pull off because you hear the song so much. This whole movie, the song is the, the song is a character in the movie. It is really. Yeah. Just like sometimes a location can be a character in the movie. Absolutely. New York or whatever. This song is a character and I love, so some, you know, kind of hard going back to the movie a little bit, but yeah, they're interchangeable. Yeah, right, 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 right. But um, I love the fact that they are real loose about it in the beginning. Like, okay. So when they first rehearse it in the garage, um, guy is, he's trying to push the tempo a little bit and everybody else is trying to bring it back. No, it's a ballad. No, it's a ballad. No, it's, and they're really, they're really janky about how they play it. They're so loose. Even when they start to play it slower, like they're sloppy as fuck. Um, to the first time they play it is really sloppy, but you can tell there's something there. It's more fun as like a, the faster song. They're sloppy for a while, but they get better and better and tighter and tighter as the song, as the movie goes through the song gets tighter. As you go through the movie, it gets better and better. That's part of the charm of it too. It's like, oh, not only is the song good to listen to, but the execution of it keeps keeps improving. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, it is true. Uh, it does, and and it, it's it's um, you the other thing too. This movie, so you know you're gonna hear this song like so like two thirds of the way through the movie, you're like all right, like they're about to do the TV spot, right? Yeah, yeah. And Steve Zahn has it's actually a great moment. Steve Zahn looks over at uh, Tyler Scott and says, like, "Can you? How do we get how do, here? How the fuck do we get here? Which yeah, is a really cool moment. Thing. It feels yeah. honest. It feels yeah. real. You kind of have been through this journey with them, and you're like, yeah. it is kind of crazy. How, yeah. how did you guys get here? But you know the song is gonna play again, and never once am I like, oh Jesus, here we go again. No, not at all. At all. You're like, oh, let's song it. And I think they play it all the way through a few times. I think yeah. they play it like that. That time they played it all the way through. Yep. They did. Did they do it at the, they did it a couple other times. Maybe at the pizza place once and some other time. So you're right. It's not like you're just getting snippets of it to, right. to like not get sick of it. No, you're getting the whole fucking thing. It's pretty amazing. The other, they're, like this is such great craft. I don't know if, um, I'll explain it after I play it, but uh, I don't know if you'll be able to hear it, but just look at it. That change. Oh, where'd it go? I'll do it again. That's a major chord to the same chord going to a minor chord. That change. It's this minor chord right there. Major, minor. So that is the same chord. Say it's like an E major to an E minor. I don't know what the actual chord is, but it's something like that. And we've talked about the difference between a major and a minor chord before. It's the it's the smallest difference that you could possibly make in a chord. Okay. All you're doing is moving the third of the chord by one half step. It's the smallest interval that you could move one piece of that chord, but it makes it makes a dramatic difference. It's the smallest interval, but it makes a huge difference to the tonality of it. And they use that as the turnaround, like this big striking move from major to minor as their turnaround. It's beautiful. So if I'm playing guitar, yep, and I'm playing an E major. Yep. And I want to then play an E minor. You're making one small, tiny little move. You're moving one of your fingers down one fret. That's it. The every, everything else is, is the same. What? How big is a fret? Like, oh, a fret is the, you've seen um, all the, the horizontal lines on the neck. Yep. That's one fret. So, so all I'm doing is everything, doing one finger. Yeah. So basically like if, if I have a, it, it could be, it's the difference between having one finger on the first fret and then taking that finger off. But that's it. Everything else stays the same. Okay. The entire like chord stays the same except for that one little tiny thing. It's like if you look at a piano, you've seen what a piano looks like. Moving from um, a white key yep. to the adjacent black key. Okay. But everything else stays the same. It's the smallest move you could possibly make, but it just makes a dramatic, that timbre change between major and minor is so huge. It's the difference between happy and sad in a, you know, in a sort of a simplified way. And that's what they use as their turnaround is this little tiny move, but it's so dramatic. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. They do little things like that all over the place. The voice leading around is beautiful and it just, it, it yeah, I love it. What can I say? The song was nominated for an Oscar. It didn't win. It didn't um, win. It yeah, did not win. It did not win. I no. didn't see what it was up against, but I, I kind of think that's yeah, shitty. Was, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, Oscar always rewards like ballads. Ugh. It does not, it never, or something like this almost very rarely, especially back then. It's so well written. Wins. I don't think any, I doubt that whatever was what up against, what was up against this was written as well. A few years later, AFI did the top 100 songs in film, yeah. and this was like number 22. So I think they were kind of rectifying a little. They, yeah, they, that they, seems they realized, better. Yeah. Because, you know, what could the other songs this was dominated with? This is the one that stands the test of time. The other thing about it is, you know, it is very reminiscent of the Beatles. I played I Want to Hold Your Hand. It's very sure. similar to that. I know that um, when they wrote it, they actually, um, they based it off of a different Beatles tune. What the fuck was it? Um, oh, please, please me. Because that actually started as a ballad first right. and they decided to speed it up and it made it a whole different song, but it doesn't sound like please, please me at all. It sounds like I want to hold your hand. It also has the signature. 
Right, the Beatles yes. scream. <laughs> well, this whole movie is is the Beatles. Yeah, it is. Uh, I guess Hanks got the idea to write it because uh, of Pete Best. That whole story kind of inspired him yeah. to write this. Yeah, and the similarities between like what the Beatles go through and what they go and through. what they go through is it, there's a lot of a ton of similarities. So that was definitely the inspiration. So I'm not surprised to hear a lot of that in this song. Not at all. But they did a great job. Um, I think that's it for the song. Okay, yeah. Listen to it a million times by watching the film. Yes, right. <laughs> uh, personal story. Yeah, what were you doing? So I thought I'd tell a story about um, some of the cars I had in my early life, my early part of my life. Vroom, vroom. Vroom, vroom. So um, the first car, I, I told the story how I crashed the car, my mom's car, the Grand Wagoneer, because yeah. um, I was vandalizing the, those houses, <laughs> throwing right. eggs and, and golf member, and I, I crashed the car. So... Uh, Flash forward a month later, you know, I'm, I'm out of trouble finally from that. Was, you know, if my mom's not mad anymore. And we went and bought a car. I had saved up some money. I saved up a few hundred bucks. Remember, this is 1996. So I bought a 1986 Plymouth, Plymouth Sundance. 86 Plymouth Sundance. In 1996. Wow. It was a 10-year-old yeah. car. Yeah. I bought it for maybe 600 bucks that I had saved up. Um, my first car was $350. It was, that was the Dodge Colt we talked about. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I had the car um, for that summer. And then I remember I woke up one morning in October. It was around Deerfield Fair time. Yeah. Which is a, a local, a very large local county fair here. And um, I, uh, it was that weekend of the fair, which I believe was in October. And, and I, I know right. the week right now we're in September, but yeah. close enough. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I woke up late for work and I lived on like a dirt road and I was screaming down the road and I lost control of the car, ran right into a tree. No. Yeah. How fast were you going? Oh, like 40. Jesus, dude. Yeah, ridiculous. Like, I was a 16 as an idiot. To this to the day, that's the last car accident I was ever in the rest of my life. Hopefully, yeah. knock on wood. Yeah. Um, but I've never been in a car accident since. Um, There's like no airbag. No, like, this no, is not no, a. No, 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 it's nothing. No. I mean, it's a bigger car, so you probably. Not really. It's a little sedan. I no, thought that... they're, they're pretty small. Oh. Yeah. I had my seatbelt on, which was saving. Christ, yeah. So think about it. So in April, I trashed my mom's car, <laughs> vandalizing houses. September or October, I ruined this one. At least it's only 650 bucks. Yes, but now I have no car. There's that. And I had a job. I was working at the McDonald's. Yep. Um, that's where I was going. I was late for work. And um, I was like, fuck. So my mom's like, listen, I'll help you buy a new car. But this is it. Like, you crash this one. You're fucked. Like, you're done. Like, <laughs> you're done. You're, you're not driving. You're, not, you're I'm walking. Not you're right. I'm not helping you. You're on your own. Yeah. I said, all right. I, I, I told myself, like, all right, Chris, I got, I got to be less reckless behind the wheel. I, I was completely reckless. I was driving way too fast. Yeah. So we went and we, um, I took out a car loan. My mom helped me do a loan. So I was responsible for it. And in other okay. words, if I crashed this one, I got to pay this loan back too. Like it was kind of giving me, it's like, hey, here's the good news. You're going to be getting a better car. The bad news is you're not responsible. Like don't fuck up. Yep. And it was a 1991 Ford Tempo. It was great. Now, um, my grandparents had a 1991 Ford Tempo, which my grandfather bought brand new in 1991. Hmm. So he had his, his uh, red Ford Tempo and I had my gray Ford Tempo. Now it's 1987, so a six-year-old car. It was actually in pretty good condition. It had uh, had like 80,000 miles, which yeah. were in a ton. Yeah, I didn't even have a little less than that. It had 70, but it was like I, mean, I had like one of the nicest cars in school. It's a four-door sedan. It was nothing fancy about it, but I had no, air, but it was I still, had air conditioning. Right. I had it was like a decent car. Yeah. Um. So I drove that car all the way through high school, all the way through the, which is only a year, I guess. But uh, we talk about the lost years period of my life. Yeah. And all through college, so I had that 91 you Tempo that all sucker. the way until. The end of 2002. For like, yeah, 11 years. Crazy. Well, no. I, oh, wait, wait, 96. 96 six, six, to not, oh, two, yeah. But yeah, but that. it was yeah. an 11-year-old car right. when I finally died. So my car dies, and my my uncle um, bought, around the same time my car died, my uncle bought my grandfather a brand new car, like a, a nice car, because he was doing pretty well and wanted to reward his 
So my grandparents for graduating college gave me their old 90, <laughs> an 11 year old car, but, what? but my grandfather never drove. He didn't drive very far. So only like 30,000 miles. All right. Or maybe I had like 50, we had very little mileage on it. Yeah. But it was still, by that point, I'm like, I had already driven a 91 Ford Tempo. So I kind of, A, felt kind of comfortable. Thanks. B, was kind of like, I never felt like I had a new car. I yeah. felt like I was in the same car. So I drove that car, but that car, because it was so old, did start to have like problems. So I had that car in 02. So it did like the monkey boy era. Right. Oh, you know, 03. And then 04, I moved to Florida. And um, I didn't drive it down. I, I towed it in back of a U. I drove a U-Haul down my stuff, and I you towed it. I towed the car, car down. So um, it was it was not great. No, uh, my stepfather helped me. It was kind of a disaster. Oh, I so it. I'm like, oh, if I ever move back home, I'm not towing this back again. So in Florida, like I, it, the car really started to have some real disrepair issues. Kept having problems, problems. Yeah, problems. yeah. And I just I also wasn't maintaining it very well. It was old. At this point, now the car is what 14, 15 years old. Like Jesus. it's like fuck this. So. Um, you know, I, my grandfather even had died. My grandfather died. So this car out, outlived my grandfather, <laughs> yeah, oh. outlived the guy that owned it before. So, um, uh, the shocks really started going. It started to like bounce. And this is Florida where things are pretty flat. Even then you're bouncing around. So I put on, I, I knew I was going to move back to New Hampshire at the end of 05. So I put it on Craigslist and I'm like, Hey, this car has some major issues, but I'll sell it for 200 bucks. But as Shit. is just, I just want some extra money for the yeah, move. Yeah, help yeah, yeah, right. Cause I was going to bring you haul back. Just yeah. Any other cash. So, um, this guy comes out and he's a relatively thin guy. I'm like, all right, here you go. And he's like, Oh great. I'm going to get her. I'm going to get her for my daughter. I'll go pick her up and bring her back. And then we'll do a test drive and we'll see what we think. I'm like, it's $200 car, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Fine. Take whatever. it or don't take it. Fine. So he comes back with his daughter. This girl must've weighed fucking 300 pounds. Whoa. This girl was huge. And the, meanwhile, this car is shocks are fucked. She gets in the car and you would have thought the fucking thing would have tipped over. No. The whole thing was like on one side. It's like a cartoon, you know, like, like when Fred Flintstone gets in, the whole thing kind of angles. I'm like, holy fuck. And you're like, it's not your fault. I'm like, oh no, poor, poor, poor Tempo. Tempo 2, I called it. I'm like, oh no. So she gets in the car. They do this, you know, the thing's like, she's driving this thing uh, on the test drive. The yeah. car is like almost bottoming out like because she's so fat. Like the car is like, you know, yeah, sparks are flying. They come back. She says she likes the car. So they bought it and they drive away the whole thing. Like the shocks were so fucked. I, I even said, I think I might need new shocks, you know, but I, you know, I, I, it is as is. But. 200 bucks. So you guys like, yeah, we'll, we'll, you know, I'll throw something into it. But yeah, this is perfect for it. I'm like, I don't think it's perfect for it, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he took it off your hands anyway. He did. He did. I kept waiting for the tires to explode as she drove away, but uh -huh. it didn't. But that was, uh, and then I moved back to New Hampshire and things kind of got a bit more regulated for me as far as cars go. But uh, those are the three like first cars of my life was that 86 Plymouth Sun Instrument I had for a very short time, which died right around this week. Yep. Uh, and due, the two due, tempos. Due to my mur I murdered it really. And yeah. then the two, and then I went right into 91 Ford Tempos for years. Forever, for a decade. From 96 until <laughs> the end of 05, a full decade. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I had the tempo. two versions of 91 Ford Tempos. Was they different colors at least? Well, I told you one was gray, one was red. I'm one sorry, I missed red. that part. There's, so uh, that's, my, that's nice my, going red. My grand, the grandfather's car was red. Yeah. Wasn't that nice. Uh, and my car was gray. I had the gray better. You did. I did. Both cars had air conditioning for a while, and then both cars eventually lost air conditioning. And it was needed to work on the But uh, 91 Ford Temple. I'll, I'll, I'll throw one on Twitter because uh, it was a huge car in my life. I, I don't, I've never had a car so long, I don't think. A 91. I've had, I, had drive a, I drive a Honda Fit now. 2013 Honda Fit. The Fit is go. How do you like that thing? I love it. Do you really? I've yeah, had it since I moved back. So I've had it for what, four years now. Yeah. I love it. 
Yeah, not you, for you me. don't like it. Why don't you I, like it? Well, I'm not a big Honda. F- well, I do like I the Honda, Hondas. like the CRVs, and I yeah, like yeah. The, the those cars because they drive, especially the new ones, drive better. But the, traditionally, I don't like I don't like the way that Hondas drive. Why? I like the German cars driving the German cars more. It's just a different different feel, different different experience driving them. I really like the Honda. If, but if we, the next car I get, I think we'll get the because. You know, in theory, we might have a kid or something. We probably get, probably got like the pilot or something. Yeah, I love the pilot. Yeah, those are those are great. We had a pilot for a while, as you know. Um, all right, shall we talk about uh, headlines? Yes. Great. The New York. Wait, wait. Yeah, New York Jet Nick Lowry breaks Jan Stenerud's NFL field goal record at 374 field goals. Wow! Goals. Yeah, my guy. Is that your guy? Well, not really. Jan but, or no, Jan? No, Nick Lowry. He's Nick Lowry. Part of the Jets. Yeah, but do you, did you like that guy? Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's all right. He's 374. Old, but by that point, obviously, you can tell he's very old. So he, he wasn't he's with the guys super long time. Yeah, a Vinatieri must have broken that at this point. Yes, he's like is. 50 years old, still fucking kicking. I don't actually know if he's kicking this year. He's did not. He retired? He's the first year he's out of football. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know if he's technically retired, but he, no team has. Yeah. He's, but uh, Guskowski's out too, right? He's not, No, he's, he's not down NFL, south. Either. I can't remember where he yeah. is. Uh, he's either Tennessee or something. Is he kicking still? He's kicking, yeah. Oh. Goskowski. Yeah, he's not that. He's like 35. I thought he was out of, I thought he was out of NFL. Nope. Uh, they, I, I watched a game him? this week and some, oh, yeah, yeah they, he went down and kicked for But something. yeah, Vinatieri, no, because they brought him up. Because they're like, oh, he's he's not suited up this year and it's really oh, weird. Because that's weird. Yeah, I mean, Vinatieri was playing, I was in high school and he was kicking. I know. The Patriots. So. Yeah. He was, uh, I think he, he didn't have a good year last year, but no, I think the year no, before no. he did. Yeah. The year he, before he was yeah. still, I mean, he's, he's been got banged up. He's a thousand years old. It's like, yeah, 44, 45. He's even older. Maybe. He's old. He's kicking as like a sophomore in high school. And yeah, I'm he's 40 kicked, now. So. He's kicked, yeah, he's, kicked he's old. Um, the Yankees and the Orioles each, each hit three home runs, so a combined six home, home runs to tie the playoff record of six home runs. We talked about the Yankees and Orioles already. Did we talk about that? But did we talk about the uh, the hitting the home runs? No, it's just a, a, it's not that great of a record. B, well, there's we talked not a lot about the Yankees and Orioles series. Well, I'm following up on that. The, yeah, that's right. They did. Terrible follow-up. I don't think that, so. That's one of the worst headlines you've done. The debt, No. I've that's done true. worse. The Dow, right. The Dow Jones closed over 6,000. Can you imagine that? 6,000 for the first time ever. It said, oh, it's over, hit over 30 this year. Yeah, it makes sense. Though. I mean, it's I know 6,000. I know it's ridiculous. But, like, but, it, but breaking records, though, because think about Bob Dole. Bob Dole's trying to beat Bill Bob Clinton. Bob Dole again, yeah. You know, uh, and Clinton's like, the economy's killing it right now. The market's going crazy. Right. Bob Dole's like just. Yeah, you're not going to win this. Flailing miserably to try yeah. to win this election. He got, he got crushed in. He did get crushed. Uh, and then 84 people were killed and more than 180 injured as. 47,000 football fans attempted to squeeze into the 36,000 seat Estadio Mateo Flores in Guatemala City. That's sad, but more people died when that fat girl started squeezing that 91 Ford Tempo. I don't know that we can fat shame on this uh, on this episode. <laughs> I'd have to cut that out. What do you think? <laughs> I can't talk about a fat person in a car. I don't know. We can't do that now? Can we? Yeah, I think we can. I'm keeping it then. I'm, I'm, I have no... Listen, if you get a, if I get a call later on being like Matt, I don't know how I don't, I'm not sure who's gonna call, call you. You if you call me later saying I, I'm I, not sure how I feel about I this. Ever one. done that once? Once? Once you were uncomfortable? Once, uncomfortable yeah, and I was like, yeah, Chris, it's not that bad. And yeah, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was fine. This I mean, not really is that bad? Is this that bad? She, I don't know. They really, I mean, I know. I'm I objectively, a little bit. She, I'm sure she was a large woman. She was at least two eighty. This girl was huge. She you was said three hundred. If you said like. If you go down, if you go down, it makes it worse for you. You, you got to keep above 300. She's like 330. She was huge, dude. And I will say this. She was a very nice girl. Like, I she bet she's very nice. <laughs> nice, very nice. Preface. She was very nice. Very, Hell of a singer. Very, <laughs> and, only farted four times. <laughs> no, but I mean, she I was, fell in love with her, but she I was, she was I, large. I can't say a fat person bought a car for I me. I mean, people make fun of you for being skinny. Right. So why can't I, I don't get it either, but still. 
And who would you rather sit next to on a plane? That girl or me? Me. <laughs> I don't Who's going to drain the Medicare I don't know. You, or Medicaid I mean, issues? Her or me? Me. I don't know. Or her. Would, not she not, would she be nice to me? Because if she'd be nice to me, I might pick her. That's true. I bet mean, she's a lot nice. If she was much nicer than I am, I'm she a probably. Dick. Well, maybe that's the rule. Like skinny people are just assholes. I'm not an asshole. And I'm skinny. Yeah. Oh, you're kind of it. Yeah. Do you think I am? I I'm an asshole know. to people who shit. Who are I shit. Guess. You don't know. You, you didn't. I'm not. I'm not an asshole to like people I don't know. You like know your random own people. You didn't know Staten Island people. On it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true. True. I didn't know which island it was. I was thinking, uh, was that the Ellis one? Ellis Island. You're yeah. Ellis, so I was thinking Ellis. Ellis. Island. You think I don't Island to you is a six. Why would I want to know about stupid New York? Stupid New York. But you really, I really can't make fun of a fat girl buying a car? Well, you did. So we're going to yeah, find we'll out. Keep it, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll keep it. She was at least 400 pounds. Fuck. Do you want to talk about what we're doing next? Yes, actually, we have a huge week coming up. Yeah. Uh, we're going to 1986. 86. 10 years in the past from the this, past. this point. Uh, the Saturday movie is The Fly. Boom. With Jeff Goldblum. The Wednesday movie, Top Gun. There it is. And we got some crazy songs coming too. So, uh, some Huey Lewis and, uh, run DMC and, and run DMC. Yes. Yeah. Walk this way. That's good. Yeah. These are going to be good. It's nice. Have we been? No, we were in like 2009 last time, but it's nice to go back to it's for a while. We were in the eighties. Yes. It seemed like weeks and weeks and weeks, but it's been a while. So it's good to go back. And I'll say this too. I'm not going to say what they are yet, but the week after that is Matt's birthday week. So Matt, Matt actually gets to pick the week and the movies, the week he's picked, the movies are stacked. So the next like four, at least the next four, Episodes have stacked movies. Stacked movies. Top Gun, The Fly, and the two that, from Mass And week. one of my favorite songs uh, ever. In, yes, uh, yeah. So we got, we got some, yeah. But uh, so come back Wednesday. Top Gun. Top Gun. See you then.